Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hello, everyone. It's Jody. Um, we're coming to you again from the trailhead at Theaterworth Park, um, where there's always seems to be something going on. Today, they have a screen up for people to have a watch party. There's always something going on, I swear. And there's always something to do here. So get down here. You never know what you might find. There's also a uh, bunch of people cross-country skiing. Outside. Yeah. A bunch of young people. Yeah. Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The olds get out too. Yeah, no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I was like, these are like, you know, kids. That was what, that's what surprised me. Yeah. Um, so this is one of our favorite places at We Do This For Fun. And um, we often talk about Theaterworth Park, and we often talk about the North Shore and Grand Marais and all these beautiful places. So I would love to start with you, the fact that you've traveled extensively throughout the state and I'm wondering if you might tell us what your favorite, like, outdoor locations, those places that really, like, give you life, really fill your heart, would be one urban mm-hmm. and one, like, more outstate. Sure. But I haven't introduced you yet either. Yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> let's just jump right into um, answering. Let me start. <laughs> let me start with that. This actually is a mystery guest. Um, it is actually an outdoor enthusiast. A yogi, an MC, a rapper, um, and his name is Chance York, and he is also known as Outside Chance. Hey. And I would like to welcome you to We Do This For Fun, and I didn't mean to just jump in right away, <laughs> but I think I'm just so excited to have you here. So easy to talk. I'm so really easy is. to talk to. It's real easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm glad to be out here at Theo Worth. Great. Great. Um, tell me about the two places then. Yeah, okay. The first one I was thinking of was just a, uh, you know, a local walk that I do with my kids, our, our neighborhood. We have um, bass ponds. Um, it's the it's Minnesota River, you know, down by, it's near the Mall of America. And uh, it's just a beautiful beautiful place you know walking anytime during the year it's gonna offer you different wildlife and different um, scenes scenery flora mm-hmm. fauna yeah <laughs> we uh, once we moved to that area we had just kind of explored like where's a good t- place to take a nature walk and uh, that place is just special to us so we go there pretty frequently during COVID, we actually spent time cleaning up one of the ponds because we were walking and we noticed all this trash like flowing out of a culvert into one of the ponds. And then it must have accumulated for a decade or two, but uh, we went in there with like a fishing net and some gloves and just filled up bags oh, of trash. Doesn't and that feel good? It felt great, yeah. yeah. So we really, you know, my kids were a little bit younger then, but, you know, elementary age and just being able to do that was special. So now when we go back, we check and see how much trash is in there <laughs> and uh, gauge when our next uh, next trip is. But, yeah, beautiful place. It's nearby. And uh, it's 
you know, it's wilderness, but it's definitely urban. You're less than a mile from the Mall of America. Yeah. That, is that the River Bottoms? Is that what yeah, it's called? Yeah, it's, it's uh, um, yeah. There's several okay several parks along that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if River River Bottoms is considered that whole expanse, okay. but. Yeah, there's like wildlife sanctuaries and, you know, there's bass ponds. And if you keep on going, I guess, west on, on the river, you'd run into what I consider river bottoms. But maybe that whole stretch, some okay. people consider it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's our urban location. What do you think about out beyond, you know, like the suburbs of Minneapolis, St. Paul? Gosh, there's just so many. There's so many. Um, I guess just recently since I was up there... Um, you know, the Boundary Waters area is mm. beautiful. Uh, Ely, particularly. Um, I like that, but otherwise, I guess I'd have more experience in the uh, Grand Rapids okay. area. Yeah. The Bovee, Taconite uh, area. I got family out there. Okay. So my, my mom's side of the family is out there. She graduated from Greenway High School and was born in lived in Taconite, Minnesota, oh, so a, right. a town of like 300 people. And, okay. Um, so yeah, as a kid growing up out there, that was always like up north. That's where we went, up north. Uh-huh. So a lot of history there. My, uh-huh. my brother's got a, got a what, like many acres, maybe 60 acres outside of Grand Rapids. Okay. Yeah. All right. Two new places, everyone. Yeah. Um, check it out. There are things that Lynn and I, um, there are places Lynn and I have never um, talked about here. So hey. thanks for sharing. Yeah. So I did want to talk to you about what it is like to um, host a show and have it be your namesake as well. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about this show mm-hmm. and kind of how it came to be and where we could find it. Yeah. Um, the series is called Outside Chance on Twin Cities PBS or TPT. Um, yeah, the name of it, how it came to be. Well, first what it is is more or less a adventure show uh, for Minnesota and adventure being a pretty broad term but more or less like uh, an outing with an unknown outcome you know so like some people are like how how do you consider golf an adventure you know like whatever being outside (laughs) and uh, doing something either learning something new or hanging out with someone you've never met so it's more or less I I, uh, each episode, we spotlight either an activity or a person or a place or all three, um, an outdoor, you know, experience and have spend a day with them and see what happens. And usually it's, I mean, every time <laughs> it's a good time. But uh, yeah, so the show came about, well, I guess I'd have to back up even further because okay. I have a history as a musician okay. in Minnesota. So music... Minnesota music was uh, kind of my entertainment background, and one of the bands I was in, Minnesota Original, was doing a, a piece on um, a, a singer named Eric Mason, close friend of mine, and um, we've made a lot of music and been colleagues in musical endeavors for several years. So we were in a band at the time, and uh, he and I had started another band called Crunchy Kids, and then this band was uh, called Eric Mason's Detail. 
and the Minnesota original is being shot. That's where I met um, Ryan Klebundy, who was uh, directing and working for the Minnesota original team. And years later, uh, he had contacted me during the pandemic for another series that he was hosting that was a spinoff of a Minnesota original called Pandemic Performances. Mm. So they brought a, a crew to my house and, you know, it was like in 2020. So like people were still like in masks and very like socially awkward. And, yeah. um, you know, still are, but much, <laughs> much more when it was new. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, he was interviewing me and we were talking and hanging out and I was just telling him what I'd been up to and he was just very interested in kind of my perspective on life I guess I was like teaching yoga a lot via Facebook live during the okay. pandemic so I was going live a bunch and uh, just kind of giving commentary and teaching techniques and like you know had quite a community of people that would Tune in every day, chat in every day, share what was going on. Like we built a pretty cool um, community. But whatever the case, it wasn't much after that that uh, Ryan had reached out to me and he's like, you know, we probably talked about, you know, cold exposure and stuff, you know, the type of lifestyle I was living. So he approached me, him and Luke had been thinking up a show about, you know, how do we how do we take the the Minnesota outdoors show out of the box and you know make it a little bit more hip or a little, you know a little bit more like whatever fun like a new type of person rather than like a older gentleman yeah. with his hunting dog you know yeah. like how do how do we show the Minnesota through a different lens and uh, there I was the first person they they asked and. Uh, the name came up later, you know. Okay. When we shot the pilot, it was an untitled show, mm -hmm. you know. So after the pilot got approved and it was like, you know, I was the host, then the, then that's when the brainstorming came up on the title and it just kind of clicked. Yeah, it's cool when you were talking about the like like the typical Minnesota show. I, I think of um, like on Saturday or Sunday mornings those fishing shows yeah. where it's just like. A bunch of dudes in boats mm -hmm. on a cool day, you know, in the middle of a lake, you know, whatever, like, ugh, like, boring. To me, yeah, it seems no, so boring. I watched a lot of those growing up. Like, definitely, uh, I have no problem with those things, but there's also so much, the outdoors offers so much to so many different types of people. Yeah, but, and you had an episode mm -hmm. where you went fishing, fishing. shore fishing, <laughs> yeah, correct? Totally. And, like, you made the food, and uh -huh. this, this man... He's a coach, like a fishing coach. <laughs> so he's like the, he's like the the coach of the bass fishing team at the Hmong Prep Academy. So cool! That, like who knew? Exactly. You that, know? So that's the uh, that's the cool part about this show. Yes, what what is it like? I mean, it's awesome. Um, so fun, you yeah. know. Like every shoot is a unique adventure. You know, I meet somebody cool. I find out. You know, either about a place or the history of Minnesota or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's awesome because there's so many cool people do, doing stuff outdoors and, like, just getting to hang out with people doing their favorite thing or, you know, something they're passionate yeah. about. Like, what an easy, awesome job. Yeah. So do you have a favorite experience? Episode? Oh, gosh. Everybody asks me that. I don't really know. It, it depends on the day, okay. I guess, because, like... What's cool about it is 
they're memories that are stored mm-hmm. and edi- edited. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, which is great because I can watch an episode and remember the day, like the whole day, like wow. when, like you know, the outtakes that weren't aired and how challenging the shot was, or how, you know, our, the battery died on my microphone, so we had to reshoot something. You know, like I remember much more clearly when I can watch an episode and just be like, oh, like the whole day is in my mind way more clearly because somebody took the time to edit all this footage yeah, together. So yeah. I feel like it's a it's a, definitely a gift to have um, for my own life and memory mm-hmm. and like a journal of like, you know, me at this age or whatever um, for my kids and all that stuff. But it's really, it's really fun. Yeah. Well, you did a lot of like bucket list kind of items, like Minnesota <laughs> bucket list items. I mean, there's... Um, like photography underwater with Christian Dahlbeck. Yeah. That was I mean, sweet. that, that was a great day. Like, yeah, yeah. So every, every one of these uh, adventures has, you know, both challenges and like highlights of like something that I can take away from it. Um, the one with Christian was, you know, it was the end of January in Lake Superior yeah. and we're in the water <laughs> for over a half hour, you know, probably about 40 minutes. Um, and it was like, it was like zero degrees out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty much it was like, it was a frigid day and the water was very cold too. Um, so, you know, I remember, uh, I remember various pieces of it trying to like get my wetsuit gloves off after you know after we did the shoot you know like interviewing him after we're out of the water and i remember like my wetsuit was like becoming solid in in the air in the the breeze you know so i'm like oh man and like most a lot of that uh, a lot of that um sequence like i had a mask with goggles on so my nose is plugged and i'm trying to like talk (laughs) like this and my face is like my cheeks are frozen and my nose is plugged and I'm trying to like deliver lines. Um, and yeah, trying to get my wetsuit off was like, I couldn't use my, like my fingers, like, yes. you know, like it was, it was trying to like, you know, articulate my thumb and forefinger to undo some Velcro. And, you know, like I have all those memories very clearly in my, in my body and in my mind. And I think it's sweet and Christian, super cool dude, you know, like, uh, what a what a like icon in the North Shore. Like right. you know, the restaurant we went to eat at in Two Harbors. His photography's hanging on the wall. Like we're we're up there, and you know, people from the town are asking like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" Like they're all like, "Oh, Christian, yeah, everybody knows huh. Christian." <laughs> you know, like uh, so that's that was really cool, cool person that I now know of, and I'm sure I'll run into again. Cause well, you know, if things go as planned there'll be more uh seasons of, of, okay. of outside chance that was one of my questions yeah so as far as favorite episodes go there's a lot of different reasons uh a lot of different reasons for each one but you know some of the takeaways for which ones turned out the best one of my favorites was the fishing one because it was like really uh kind of cheesy we're like telling joe we had a bunch of like cheesy fish jokes and it was like 
you know, rim shot sound effects and like it was, and then we cooked and ate and yeah, you know, like yeah. I like I like to cook and eat. Um, so that was cool for that reason. Um, the mountain biking one was cool. We won a we yeah. won a regional Emmy for that one. Um, it's cool just talking about the regeneration of the land. It's oh cool gosh. getting to know Gunner and then like find out like I can. I can mountain bike in Minnesota, and like so, I've I went and bought a bike, and I've been mountain biking, you know, since. So that experience, trying it, and now you bought a bike, and mm-hmm. you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. So it's just getting out, getting out there, finding that thing yeah. that actually calls to you, and then following through and getting the equipment or doing it more often, or finding out where to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. in that episode. Um, Gunner says, you know, I started at, at the river bottoms, you know, and I'm like, that's my house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that's my neighborhood. Yeah. And I'm like, who would have thought that, uh, you know, a place that people go to is so close to my house. So that's why I was like, well, now I got to go get a bike. Because I had previous, that, just that summer, I bought a mountain bike for my daughter because she was just like, you know, that size. And I was like, we'll get you a bike with gears and everything and got her a mountain bike. So then I was like, I need a mountain bike if we're going to actually use this mountain bike. And then, uh, yeah, we've, we've went several times. And then, yeah, just a few weeks ago, I ran into an old buddy from college. We were just out at a family event. And he's like, oh, hey, what's up? Saw your show. He's like, do you actually do that? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, was like, yeah I got a bike. He's like, you want to go? So we, we, went, we went out to... Uh, Lebanon Hills. Uh-huh. It's badass. Yeah. It's very cool. So fun. Um, yeah, that was a, you know, one of those experiences that happened because of because of the show. Yeah. And you know. You had mentioned too in that episode. His name was Gunner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that you had noticed that the people on the trail mm-hmm. were all maybe. Uh, one-dimensional in terms of there's, <laughs> race. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of Caucasian folks out there, but uh-huh. um, it wasn't all. You know, it's just okay. you know the vast majority. And what what I found interesting was, uh, you know, he was saying it's the it's the fastest growing high school sport. And when we were out there, like Wyzetta High School was uh, was out there with their team and stuff. And you know, when I was just thinking of like the future. Like, I grew up out in that area, like Wyzetta, Minnetonka area, which is, you know, historically not very ethnically diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, when I was thinking of, I'm like, yeah, was like there's, there's not a lot of diversity in this, this young group of kids. But, um, you know, I definitely noticed it because, you know, he, he's a person of color and he's the president of Minnesota Off-Road Cycling. Yeah. So while it's, while, you know, you might... Well, maybe you might not, but um, sometimes when you're a person of color, when you look around and you you don't see a lot of people like yourself, you notice it much quicker than someone else wouldn't notice if you're surrounded in people that look like you. So when I when I made note of that, I was like, I was like that's it's you know it's very easy to assume what somebody's gonna look like. I didn't know I didn't know what color Gunner was when I right, met right, up with him, right. so I was like you know. Um, my own assumptions um, are, can be limited as well. So I think a big, a big part of everything is uh, getting past assumptions and also just clearing barriers for diversity. Because it's uh, if it if it's if you're unconscious of it, it doesn't happen. You know, like it doesn't seem 
repellent or it doesn't seem uninviting when it's a bunch of white people, unless you're not white. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so like that's, that's uh, maybe just a observation that people that are Caucasian might not recognize. Just based off of like, I'm basing this off of like comments I've read on, like Star Tribune did an article about, uh, about the show. Mm-hmm. It's great, awesome piece in the in the uh, in the print, you know. And print is beautiful. It had big picture, it had picture of me in Lake Superior, it had picture of me after I rock climbed, and like um, very cool. And the and the headline was action figure, and I was like, this is so badass. <laughs> but then the online the online version the online version is is you know that's kind of you know. I don't know, like felt, felt a certain way about it. The online version had a completely different headline that was like almost like, like reduced, was, re- was like almost offensive <laughs> how they like, like summarized it into um, something else. The headline was something along the lines of like, new series on TPT encourages diverse communities to try outdoor adventures or something. And I was like, you know, it doesn't have to just be about yeah, that because I'm yeah, a diverse person, yeah. you know, but I also understand that like that lack of, you know, or those assumptions or whatever might make it about that because, you know, like even in the, in the whole article, there's maybe one paragraph about the different diverse groups that I have, but the show isn't about simply that. It's about, you know, being outside for everybody. So like how they would summarize it, but you know, the thing back to the original point, that headline then stirred up a bunch of like trolls that are like, why diverse community? What about white people? You know, like what is, what is this and that? You know, you yeah, know how it goes. Yeah. So I'm like, just just taking that, uh, you know, as as um, you know, neutrally as I can. I'm like, well, like that headline first is misleading, <laughs> or like you know, reduction. It's like it reduces reduces the f- full scope of it to kind of like pander to like, look, you know, hot word, diversity or whatever. But then it stirred up like, you know, white people like, why do, why is it so-and-so like, you know, as stuff happens. So basically what I'm trying to say about assumptions or like representation is that, you know, it's easy to assume there aren't people of color outside doing it, which is absolutely wrong. But also, there is a need to represent the, these people, you know, like because they are a minority of the, you know, here in Minnesota, the outdoor community is very white, you know. So it's not like not to say there's anything wrong with that, and that, and there's definitely, um, you know, that's, there there should be groups that are like, hey, this is just for people of color, and then there should be things that, you know like that that give people opportunity to to experience an activity in a setting that's unfamiliar with people that they might feel more comfortable with but you know it's not always going to be like that it's not this or that so like really just that knee jerk reaction to be like there isn't people of color out there it's like yes there is and it's like but it's always white people. It's like, well, no, it's not. You know, like so. You know, I don't. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. Besides the fact that this show is for everybody, um, and it's not just about race and diversity. It's about you know 
giving everybody like shining a light on all different types of people that that enjoy the outdoors in all different types of ways I, I mean I think you capture that brilliantly and I think it's ridiculous that people are reading an article and then just a headline like, just a headline how about you watch the show yeah, even and then if you'll they, see even if they read the whole article they would have you know it's like that knee-jerk yes, reaction of yes. like hold on you know that frailty or that highly politicized yeah. you know fear of fear of diversity yeah but you know that's it's definitely a point you know like when i was on almanac they they had a statistic about you know like as the population of minnesota becomes more diverse there's still a a vast difference in the amount of people that are you know getting hunting licenses fishing sure. licenses you know the dnr is like urging more of the population to get involved in these things mm -hmm. you know so those barriers are more historical or more you know about momentum than anything it's it's like there's all types of people that are like all types of different things, but you're m much more likely to like and know something if you learned it from your dad or your brother or whatever. So like there's generational stuff and there's, um, you know, kind of that, uh, you know, political type of racism too that seems, seems repellent or seems like, hey, if you look around and you don't see another person of color, it's like it, it would be, you know, obviously it's justified anxiety or right. like whatever. So, you know, how, how does it, how do we change that? Where does it start? There's a lot of people already, already out there doing it. And it's like, you know, that's, that's all there is to it is like keep on shining the light uh, on, on, on the different people that are doing it. And, um, for the most part, that can encourage people to uh, to step outside their comfort zone. Yeah. that's what it all is. Well, and you too. I mean, I there was a I noted something where you had talked about. I think it was maybe after like kite. Is it called kite skiing? Kite yeah, skiing? Yeah, well, kiteboarding, kite, kite, kite skiing, kite. Yeah, like they, I've heard a few. We actually juggled like what are we gonna call it? But we called it kite skiing because I was on skis. But yeah, kite kite propelled. Uh, sport. Yeah. Well, maybe, so you like said that that was like a unique experience and it was freedom. Maybe it was around the, maybe it was the climbing that you said something about, I never would have tried this. Oh, yeah. Without you. Or, yeah. you know, whatever. And one of my questions was, is like, how do you find like an outdoor mentor, mm -hmm. you know, to try, mm -hmm. to try something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, I had, so, uh, Big thanks to Ryan and Luke, the producers of the show. Um, they're like, they've, they've spent many years with PBS doing Minnesota-centric um, stuff. So they, they have, like, their, their Rolodex is full of interesting people, interesting places. Mm -hmm. Like, they know, they know all types of cool stories. They know all types of cool people. And um, so they, they found a lot of my guests um which i would have never known about you know mm -hmm. and like janelle janelle i actually knew her brother through he was a street artist that i'd crossed paths with a long time ago um so, but i never knew her or i never knew she climbed you know so that was that was interesting but yeah mentors is everything she talked about her mentorship too like without Without a good mentor, you're not going to go climb a rock or you're not going to go do something where you could potentially die. Right, right. And uh, that's like what's interesting to a lot of people is like, how do you find a mentor? And 
Um, I'd say a lot of the episodes, like Chad with the kite boarding. I, I don't I wouldn't know that. That looks dude. insane. They they definitely line that up. But then one of my friends, uh, one of my friends' girlfriends, uh, was like, "Hey, I knew Chad. We were on the U.S. ski team, you know." Like so, once the episodes come out, people are like, "Hey, I know that guy." Yeah, or like, yeah. "Hey, I've been there," you know. Like uh, the the network. The world gets smaller every time we put out an episode because it's like, oh, you know them, they know so and so, and tell whatever I say hi, you know. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, as far as outdoor mentorship, it is challenging to. It's like you have to go do the thing. It depends on the thing, you know. Like yeah, if it's yeah. life, if it's life endangering, like you're not gonna be like, well, here I go. Right, right. You need the gear. Yeah. You need to 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 know all that stuff, but. You know, shining a light on a, on a person like that whose whole goal is to teach more people and to create spaces where people feel safe and trusted and empowered to go experience, you know. That's, that's what the show's all about because there are tons of people out, outside with a wealth of knowledge that get a ton of joy out of doing stuff. It's like, why not show people that you can find them, <laughs> you know, like, and, yeah. or people like them. And, you know, Minnesota's a... Got a lot of resources. Sure does. Tons. Yeah. Yeah. How about the? Um, I, I really enjoyed too that you have like all of this like crazy adrenaline kind of adventure stuff and these challenge like body like challenges for your body like athletic feats. Mm-hmm. Also, just some general walking in the woods, like hiking through the geocaching. Mm-hmm. But you also had urban farming. Yeah. And I am a wellness coach myself, and yeah. so I loved that episode. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you, how did you approach kind of bringing that in mm-hmm. as like an idea of kind of this outdoor chance yeah. piece of things? Yeah, you know, that's, <clears throat> that guest was, that was out of my Rolodex. Um, Marcus and I, I've known him through music for a long time, but he had um, reached out to me to do some some mindfulness at one of his events that was rolling out some of these community gardens, you know. And during the pandemic, when we were shooting that pandemic performances, we did it in one of my gar- in front of one of my gardens. Like I, I really like gardening and growing mm-hmm. food, and uh, you know, I'm kind of you know obsessed with soil and the role that it plays i think that i think that it's a overlooked piece of the climate crisis we're looking at i think it's an overlooked piece of the health crises we're looking at so it's really the thing that ties it all together is the food we eat and how it's created and the choices we make um so that was just an important piece to me but it's also an interesting story to tell um because you know, all of these assumptions, you know, like in that episode, there's a statistic about, you know, there's, according to the census, there's 100,000 farmers in Minnesota, but only 39 of them are black, you know, and I'm like, in in my, you know, my my grandparents were farmers, you know, they they had a a farm in Louisiana, they have a farm in Louisiana, and, it's always been part of my family, like in my, my culture, my family culture, it's like growing food and gardening and fishing and all that stuff has always been part of like me growing up because my family's from the South, you know, like that's much more normal. In, in Minnesota, I guess like um, one 
piece may be that more diversity is in urban areas rather than rural areas and like the rural areas are still pretty heavily just white so um that's a piece of it but like 39 out of 100,000 I'm like that is that's like a crazy you know because that's that's a crazy statistic so I thought it was interesting because I actually know several black farmers <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like I've got a spotlight you know if you have the 39 yeah, I, was like, I was like no now we're talking statistics I'm like yeah. I know a big chunk of these yeah. no so um that was that just was like an interest of mine so when I pitched the idea I was like yeah absolutely and he runs youth farm you know it's like we don't, we don't try to just like make a make an advertisement mm-hmm. for a for an organization or something but if we're telling the story of somebody like give their organization a plug which I've seen in action you know it's a really it's a really good organization that teaches kids how to farm and grow organic you know chemical free yeah, yeah. stuff and re- like regenerative agriculture where they're using techniques like the trace milpas or the you know the three sisters yeah. um that indigenous groups used and that's to repair the soil is to add value to the soil rather than to strip and deplete it so when we yeah when we shot that you know it was that was summer 2021 it was you know like in in context with history it's like the George Floyd events definitely made the north side different it changed the community quite a bit so bringing a spotlight to that on one of the you know one of the great things that are going on in north minneapolis there's so much so many community gardens there's so many organizations making moves towards it just made sense <clears throat> and um yeah marcus is marcus is my friend so that was it's always fun to be able to spotlight the the work that they're doing um, but yeah, man, I could talk about the soil forever. That's like, that's, oh, what, I, that's what I really get, that's like what really gets me going down that rabbit hole. But, uh... I think in that episode too, did you, you said something about medicine, like if it's the, is it the food that's the medicine, or is it the... It is. The growing, the community. The community, the, all know, of it. it <clears> it's know, the like work, the it's work. the sunshine, yeah, yeah. it's the feet on the dirt, you know, it's all the all of the things there's uh, you know as a you know wellness educator you know it's it's about come bringing back bringing back the relationship with nature that we sprung from you know like our modern day society seems really detached from it mm-hmm. seems very you know instant gratification insta instagram uh, you know, here and now, fast food, all that stuff is like so cooked in that people don't see it as an inherent sickness. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's not good for you. It's yeah. like your body, your body, your mind, your relationships weren't meant for that setting. So just returning back to, uh, you know, kind of what our, what we're built for is just things that move a little slower, take a little longer, take, require a little bit more effort and all of it just by coming closer to those things, it, it leads to more wellness. So it, it is medicine in all ways, you know, like um, sunshine, 
you know, healthy food, food that food that you put the love into mm-hmm. and then learned about the ingredients and then cooked the meal. Like all of those things are um, necessary to wellness. There's not a there's there's if if the past generation or so hasn't learned one thing it is you know or has learned one thing it's that there's not a quick there's not a pill to fix everything like there's not a quick fix to everything some some solutions actually require effort and time and that's what gardening is it's like there's not there's no shortcuts it's like it's hard physical work you have to Mm -hmm. dig up the ground you have to do all the stuff you have to tend to it, you have to care about it, you have to spend that time, and then you know you see that growth, and, and the, that's all happening within you as well. Mm-hmm. So that relationship to, to you know, your crops, and then eating it, and, and all of that is, is bringing us back into this web rather than this illusion that we're separate from the web, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, that's medicinal on every level, physical, mental, spiritual, you know emotional yeah so now that we've gotten into this nice deep space (laughs) what are those moments of like zen and flow that you find in nature every time yeah every single time i was out cleaning up dog poop today i was just like (laughs) perfect (laughs) get this out you know like the snow was melted enough for me to i was just thinking of like so this is eight less piles than I have to clean up in the spring, you know, like, because uh-huh. like winter, it just gets so out of hand trying to keep up with dog poop. And then it just turns into like the backyard is oh, a, a landmine. And then the spring comes around where, you know, I call it dog poop mountain. But that 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 hasn't <laughs> been for two years because we actually started cooking our dog's food, which reduced oh. the amount of we reduced the amount Waste. of. Yeah. Significantly, I mean that dog was pooping five times because a day. there's so much filler and yeah. con- conventional dog food. Yeah, it's like living off a diet of like cardboard. Yeah, I was gonna say like Intestines. tricks, oh. <laughs> like oh, cereal. Yeah. You know? Like if we just ate like cereal like all day every day, like we wouldn't be well either. But you know, um, that was it. The, the first year that I had a dog, we got our dog during the pandemic and we just fed it, you know, the nicer store-bought stuff. And she was pooping five times a day. So when those, after, you know, two, three months of thaw came, I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. So like we had, we were already looking at like, what's the healthiest dog food and uh, cooking it is is the healthiest, but the number one reason is like, why do you do that? Well, it reduces their waste significantly. So that's that's a, that's a thing. A tip here from We Do This For Fun yeah. about your dog and um, nutrition. Yeah. So he's uh, a wealth of knowledge, this chance, <laughs> this outdoor, out, outside chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some things. So tell us too a little bit. So where can people find you? Like. You teach yoga. Is this something that people could come and experience? Um, tell us more about like how how we get a little more outside chance in our lives. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I definitely do hold public classes for yoga, meditation. Um, I work with a nonprofit called One Yoga. Um, their studio is in South Minneapolis, and um, 
I also currently, well, sad story, I, I teach at the Marsh in Minnetonka, but that place is closing. Oh, I've heard. Yeah, so. How uh, long is that? That's been around for a really long time. 37 years, yeah. Wow. Um, really interesting story, you know, like still got my fingers crossed that somehow the, the community manages to save that space, but you know, if not, that's where we're sitting right now. But I was teaching weekly out there, still am, till the end of the year, and uh, I do a wealth of online things. You can find me on large video platforms like Wellbeats. Um, that's a pretty big uh, wellness app that people usually get through their employers. So like oh, okay. tons, tons of employers uh, get this wellness app and they serve millions of people. Okay. So my, I have many videos on that. Um, got music and stuff. I, I would just say, you know, follow me on Instagram. Okay. I have uh, the one you messaged me on is actually more for music, but oh, chance, right. chance connected, no space. Okay. Instagram at chance connected, or you can email me at chance connected at Gmail. But um, I'm definitely around. I do a lot of stuff in the wellness space. So I'm, I work with a lot of. Uh, different organizations and bringing holistic wellness to the forefront, which holistic wellness to summarize is just exactly what I was talking about with just being more closer to our web than expecting or, or deluding ourselves into thinking that we're separate. So how you how you interact with your environment, your community, um, your mind, body, and spirit, you know, like all of, all of those things require um, nourishment. So that's that's what I help people with, and there's a lot of lot of need, yeah. <laughs> a lot of need yes. right now. Yes. So that's um, I'm definitely busy in that realm. So help for what ails you. You just reach out to this man. <laughs> he can help. I can at least point you in the right direction. <laughs> that's yeah. But you know, most of the answers are inward, and that's the hardest place to look. But that's what I help people with exactly. most. Exactly. We need that. <clears throat> but the reflection piece is yeah. The, the, it is. You just look back at yourself, and and you'll find the answers. Totally. Yeah. It's just challenging for m most of us. Right. <laughs> to like just be, be. Uh, present in the moment for any extended period of time that's that's the challenging part and that's you know there's there's an art to it there's yeah. techniques to it and that's kind of my specialty yeah well i could talk to you for forever lynn always says we could talk to you for hours that's usually <laughs> her um her bit mm -hmm. but i just want to kind of end with um asking you about a, something that you said on the show which mm -hmm. was don't let com your comfort zone be a cage. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? What does that mean to you? Yeah, well, <clears throat> with that wellness work and with, the, with that piece about, you know, looking inward, it's really, we're creatures of habit, right? So our life is, is being played out without us really being present. We're, we're moving from one thought to another thought to a feeling, to an action without really, without realizing there's a decision or realizing that we're doing it. We're, we're mostly on autopilot. Um, it's not just, not just in our lifetime, not just in our society as is, where we have all these distractions all the time and this instant gratification all the time, but it's definitely amplified by that type of society. But just being a person in general, <clears throat> your mind is continuously, 
creating stronger neural pathways by routine. So everything, whatever you did yesterday, it's easier to do tomorrow. And with life, it's very easy to unconsciously become trapped in your routine, in your story of who you think you are, your personality, your likes, your dislikes, your capabilities, your limitations. All of these things are temporary. So being, but, but they become permanent by routine, you know, like we keep on thinking a certain way, feeling a certain way, and, it, and it's, it's by design, like our, our, our mind wants to, you know, walk a well-walked path rather than, you know, bushwhacking out into the, the jungle of the unknown. But really that's what the, the work is, is stepping off the beaten path. You know, you, like life is endless potential. It, like your life, if you, if you have the liberties that most of us have, if you have any choices throughout your day uh, about where you pay your attention, about where you spend your energy, your time, your money, you know, your focus, you can change whatever is in your life, you know, with enough time and enough attention, anything, you can change anything. Um, so <clears throat> the, the cage or the trap is that it's really uncomfortable to step into the unknown. It's uncomfortable to step outside of our comfort zone, um, you know, and that discomfort is actually the lesson that we can learn to love, not, not to be mistaken with like some masochistic, like self-destructive, like no pain, no gain type of thing. But like, there's a difference between discomfort and actual pain. But in our mind, they, they show up kind of the same way. So we try to avoid discomfort, which then becomes the, the path that we walk all day. And then over the years, that path becomes the only thing we know and that you know fear of the unknown becomes more and more so uncertainty is a reality of being a person you know like not and you know fear that's a reality of being a person so getting a healthier relationship where you're not guided by fear and uncertainty back into your cage back into your well-walked safe pathway of you know what's going to happen you know so that's where the adventure piece comes in that's where you know cold plunging or whatever you know going into the lake superior so like i've done cold plunging before but never for 40 minutes you know so like i was completely unknown the outcome was completely unknown but when you you know find yourself on the other side of it you might ask yourself well what else what else can i do that i used to think i couldn't or have never challenged myself to do same with the rock climbing one I'm like afraid of heights but like you know when I've that made me hold on to the, yeah. <laughs> the rock even yeah. tighter you know more stronger and focused than because of that fear and then you know turning that fear and uncertainty into empowerment feels good and your body's wired for it you know adrenaline is good for you you know and and uh you shouldn't be like adrenaline like fearing for your life because of something just like public speaking or, or something like that. It's like, that's because we're so stuck in our comfort zone. Like, not to say there's a, like, public speaking is one of those, uh, like, the vast majority of the population has a dreaded fear of right, public right, speaking right. because it has to do with, like, well, exile. Yeah, well, exile, no. it, like, used to... You know, if you were kicked out of your tribe, you know, a couple hundred years ago or whatever, exile is the same as death. So 
people feel like if I'm judged or people don't like me, then I'm dead, you yeah. know? So, and I mean, now we live with that stuff in our pocket, you know, Instagram, you're like, oh no, this person doesn't like me. And that stuff is super unhealthy or, I mean, you know, in the wrong dosages, it's super unhealthy. And like I'm saying, I use Instagram. It's about finding a balance between things and just being really intentional about and conscious of your life rather than just being like doop, 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 doop all through life. And, and that you can, uh, that can totally happen. It happens to most people. Um, but that's where, you know, adventure and reflection and, um, you know, getting to know people and, you know, facing your assumptions and undoing your own assumptions. Yeah. It's all part of growth and it's really satisfying. It's, uh, we're wired to overcome things, not to be trapped by things. So the comfort zone, um, for most of us is a cage and, um, that's okay because to expand your comfort zone, you don't need to leave your comfort zone. You just need to walk the edges of it, you know, like walk the perimeter of it to see what's really going on, you know, and that's when I think of yoga, same idea, you go into the pose to find the edge of your comfort zone and then you breathe there. You don't ever have to hurt yourself. You go to the edge of where you're comfortable and you breathe and you see what's there and you see what comes up and you see what happens. And that's just kind of a, a metaphor or a theme that's in all all levels of what I try to do, whether it's career or you know public outreach or just like my own thoughts and beliefs or disbeliefs or limiting beliefs you know like it's all all open to 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 be challenged you know and and that's healthy it, it's not like i have to uh i don't have to be perfect and i'm you know growing a growing, uh, you know, ex a consciousness that is growing and experiencing life. That's all. That's all that it comes down to. So, a little bit of discomfort in every day will you'll you'll be grateful for it. You know, that's why people run. You know, runners high and stuff like that. It's like when you push yourself when you're doing it for the right reasons, rather than like to prove to somebody else or to you know compete or destroy somebody else. When you're just doing it for the sake of like experiencing and curiosity and acceptance, then um, you'll find that you're extremely capable and pretty much any aspect of your entire life can be vastly different like a year from now with the right amount of attention and time paid to, the, to what, what your barriers are. Wise, wise words. You are definitely the right Minnesotan for the job, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, I try. And it also sounds like the experience was like really has influenced your story. Yeah. And that's a really cool thing to, to see how a project mm -hmm. um, can take you into these interesting places with different people that you may have never met. You would probably never cross paths. Totally, yeah. And you yourself taking a chance. And, it's... It's great. It's a definitely a gift. And uh, you'd asked earlier about is there more coming? We've already shot season two. It's in the can. Yeah. When <laughs> can we expect to possibly see it? Probably April 2023. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. So we've been we've been busy. We did it. <laughs> we did it. So are most of the episodes then uh, summertime, or do we get a little mm -hmm. mixture? They're all all summer, summer okay. fall. Yeah. So. There could be a possibility maybe this year or next year of an all winter season. Okay. 
So we'll see. Cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There's there's a lot of there's just a lot of uh, ins and outs logistically of like to shoot these things. You know, it's a, there has to be a budget. There has to be the the professionals and sure. you know, the team, the yeah. squad, and then there has to be the guests and there has to be the weather. <laughs> like, yeah. So it is like, you know, when you're shooting outside, there's a ton of variables that make it a little bit more challenging than some studio produced something. So it's, uh, it's great. You know, we're really, out, <laughs> we're really out there in the elements, you know, either the cameras are overheating or the batteries are freezing or you know we're getting rained on you know like that's it's life it's nature yeah right? i mean that's you know it's outside we can't control it, <laughs> yeah, you know no, like it's, it's good yeah i mean all good things yeah it's been it's been awesome my my team's awesome you know we had some personnel changes from season one to season two but everybody that i work with is like really fun and knowledgeable and like loves loves the outdoors you know and all uh yeah it's it's rad and tpt has been just doing doing great work like, yeah we had, really i think have. we brought home six regional emmys this yes. year i know i saw that a lot of great stuff. fancy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well the producer uh ryan he's won several so he was like yeah, it was like, we're probably not gonna win it. We're up against some big stuff. He had like zero faith. <laughs> he had he had me very like uh, my expectations were very low. I was very humble um, when when our uh, category was announced. Uh -huh. So he was genuine, genuinely surprised when we won. I was like, see, I was yeah. like, I knew it. I was like, see, <laughs> uh, but that was yeah, that was sweet. So Emmy award winning show coming out second season yeah. coming out in April, yeah. most likely. Mm -hmm. We'll definitely remind people. Yeah, and yeah. we'd love for you to come back and chat with us again. Totally. Hopefully, Lynn yeah. can be with next time. Yeah. Um, we'll just. You know, it'll be a different vibe. It'll totally. Be, it's less, less quiet. Yeah, right. But this was fun to be so introspective. Hey, that's kind of, I, I can't avoid it. That's your vibe. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it seems like everything just turns into a conversation about the soul or the, oh my gosh. Or the soil. Come back. Come back. Let's talk soil. <laughs> the soil or the soul. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And don't forget to have fun out there. Yeah, yeah. We do this for fun. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at wedothisforfun at gmail.com. We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions. So let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We do not judge. We promise we've been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.